0: Welcome to another episode of what we won this week. It's your boy Duke Coughlin and uh, it is a special Friday episode of the pod. We are out here, we are talking some football, we are talking some basketball, we are talking a little bit of everything because man, last weekend sucked to be Duke Coughlin. Let me tell you, last weekend really fucking sucked. Sucked, and uh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve too much into details because I think it's obvious for most people who know me um, knows that as a Bears fan as a Badgers fan um, yeah last weekend really sucked like really really sucked um, and then to top all of that off guys I lost in fantasy football and not only did I lose I had my lowest scoring output of all of the entire season. Simply put, I I probably couldn't win a two dollar bet last weekend. You know, if somebody told me to throw a football forward and they'd give me a million dollars, I'd probably throw it ten feet behind me. That's 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 how my luck was going last weekend as a sports fan. Um, but you know what? I am I'm not dwelling on the pass. I'm looking I'm looking ahead. Um, I think the Badgers' loss stings a little bit more than the Bears' loss, but uh, we will get into that here in a little bit. But uh, first, I want to jump right in and talk about some of the more relevant games that happened in the past week. Like I said, guys, I know it's a little late, but I really want to talk about a couple of these games, Um, specifically right from the output, um, the Chiefs versus the Broncos, where um, we had the unfortunate news where Patrick Mahomes dislocated his knee. And that all being said, the Chiefs still beat the ever-living shit out of the Broncos because, you know... That's just the state of the Denver Broncos right now. Um it, it it really sucks to hear what happened to Patrick Mahomes. Um I don't I don't think that's good for the league in any sense. Um but I you know, that was already covered a lot this week, so I don't want to delve too far into it. Um but I do want to say that I hope Pat I hope Pat gets uh healthy soon. The game is a lot better with him in it. And uh simply put, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are still a very exciting team. And uh, I don't want to see that go to waste You know unfortunately I have a hard time rooting for them Because of a certain uh, uh, Very fast wide receiver they have But um, that's that's not insanely important right now um, uh, Get well soon Patrick Mahomes Unfortunately um, yeah, For me Patrick Mahomes will not be healthy for this next week's game As the Green Bay Packers travel to Arrowhead Stadium um, Very tough game I think for the Packers you know, just, just being an arrowhead. You know, I, I just I think that there's just something about playing there. Um, I think the Packers will end up winning this game. I think the Packers even might handily win this game. But it'll probably be your first test of like a true playoff at like atmosphere so far this year. Um at least like midway through the year. You know, you could always go play a good team early in the year and you could say it's a playoff atmosphere, but chances are you and that other team are still trying to get like their shit together. So it's kind of hard to say that that's a playoff atmosphere yet. Um, Arrowhead, even without Patrick Mahomes, that, that'll definitely be it. Those That crowd's definitely going to show up ready to go, um, especially after Matt Moore still continued to slice up the Broncos this past week. Um, you know, very well could be a good game. It's a trap game almost. Um, I think when you put this game on the schedule to start the year, you look at Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. That's the obvious, you know, outlook of it, and that's why it got a Sunday night game, you know. But you now that that's not there, I think there's less of a sense of urgency for you know Green Bay to really have to worry as much about the. Kansas City Chiefs, and yeah, that's just that's just something that I don't think um, some of the leaders on the Packers right now are going to allow the rest of their team to do uh, just because they know how trap games work. You know, the guys like Tremont Williams, you know, guys like Adrian Amos who've been playing for a while who understand, you know, you can't walk into a game with your head too high, you know, Aaron Rodgers as well, you know, cause simply put, you'll get punched in the mouth. Look no further than our Wisconsin Badgers this weekend. Um, so I, I think, uh, that has a chance to be a really good game, even with a quarterback like Matt Moore starting for the other team. Um, and you know, to finish up with the Packers, you know, have yourself a day Aaron Rodgers. Holy hell. Like what, what a game, you know, that it was just, it was surreal to watch it because it's like, man, this looks like the guy that I had to watch terrorize my football team. Like the last five years, um, so yeah, that that's all you guys are getting out of me for that. <laughs> you know how I feel. Um, besides that, you know, I mean, there was there was a couple good games this you know this past weekend. Uh, you know, nothing really like out there. I think uh, I think the most exciting one that most people watch was the Texans and the Colts. Colts, once again, a very impressive victory behind Jacoby Brissett. Man, this Jacoby Brissett guy, he's a uh, he's a pretty good quarterback. I don't know if you guys have noticed. He, uh, he definitely knows how to play quarterback in the NFL, and I think a lot of people really had a sense of, ur- like, thought that the Colts would have more of a sense of urgency to go out and find a quarterback, you know, Kaepernick's name got brought up a lot, um, a, a lot of trades got brought up, you know, I, 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 think, I think that's all put to rest now. I think Jacoby Brissett has proven that he is a starter quality quarterback in this league, and that... He, chances are he's going to be the guy with the Colts for a while. You know, this this allows the Colts to kind of load the rest of their team with you know young talent in the draft instead of having to draft another quarterback and you know kind of playing the you know the hope game where he hopefully develops. You know, because I think when you I think when you play in Indianapolis and you go from or really you know any team and you go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, to, you know, what's next, there's a huge chip on your shoulder that you're going to need to perform. You know, and I th- I feel like Jacoby Brissett has answered, you know, th- the call's there, and I feel like Jacoby's answered it very well. And that's, you know, that's not something you necessarily get out of a, you know, a first-year quarterback unless you're insanely lucky. You know, that's like whoever ends up replacing Aaron Rodgers down the line, I really fucking feel for him because... You got some big ass shoes to fill, my man. And I'm, you know, any pack fans that are listening to me, this isn't a, a shot or anything. I'm seeing it with my own fan base right now. Um, expectations aren't going to be tempered for a young guy. Simply put, you might you might go into drafting a quarterback thinking that you're going to be you're going to be patient. Um, when you realize the guy's not playing like Aaron Rodgers, that patience is going to weigh like way to the side. Very. Very quickly I mean I see I see with fan bases All the time um, I think it's going to happen With the Patriots I think it's going to happen It's going to happen When the Falcons And Matt Ryan retires It's going to happen It's going to happen it, it happens everywhere You know And not all teams Are lucky enough To get into that You know Second quarterback Right in a row Or the third quarterback Right in a row But I think Back to the original point I think the Colts Are Very 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 Fortunate to have made that trade for Jacoby Brissett um, a couple years ago. Like, it, it is easily panned out. The guy looks like he truly belongs to the NFL. Um, Colts are honestly a pretty fucking good team. Going Like, in the AFC, as the picture is right now, you know, everyone's freaking out about the Patriots. And you know what? I will admit, the Patriots defense looks pretty damn good. But... Cupcakes man Who have the Patriots played on the schedule That I'm supposed to be scared of Like who What win on this schedule Tells me that they're a contender You beat the Ben Ben Roethlisberger Steelers Like the Steelers have been a drama, Like Steelers have been a circus For like the past few weeks I mean look at that fucking clown Antonio Brown that came out of there In, or, in the last few weeks Last few years I should say um, Considering Mike Tomlin Has damn near no control of that team and uh, it's really unfortunate because there is a lot of talent on that Steelers team. Uh, Devin Bush, specifically, holy hell! I, 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 I said from the draft, you know, that linebacker Devin Bush. I, I said it that he was just gonna be fucking great from day one, and sure enough, he has proven he is. He's the modern day NFL linebacker. You know, he is a strong safety who can shed blocks and you know cover as a middle linebacker. You know, and it just, it, it boggles the mind that it took this long for this all to happen, considering Brian Urlacher, and a lot of people don't know this, Brian Urlacher was actually a safety in college, like, throughout all of college he was a safety. And then he was drafted in the NFL. The Bears moved him to linebacker. And then magically people were shocked. It's like, holy crap, this guy can cover. He can shed tackles. He can tackle. He can blitz the quarterback. He does a little bit of everything. He's literally like mayhem at the middle linebacker position. And I, I feel like that was really the start of like a revolution at the position. Because you had guys like Ray Lewis who are your typical elite middle linebacker of the day, like of those days. Early, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Ray Lewis was like what every linebacker of that time aspired to be. But I think uh, Brian Urlacher, he almost, you almost saw him sacrifice his tackle numbers a little bit because of how much he dropped into coverage, um, how much he focused on, you know, batting batting footballs down, you know, being in the right place at the right time. You know, not necessarily worrying about tackles, having other players worry about tackles, so he could sit in coverage more. But when he was asked to go do that, you know, he could definitely handle it. And I'm not, I'm not just trying to sit here and praise Brian Urlacher. You know, it, it's easy to don't get me wrong. You know, first ballot Hall of Famer, what up? Uh but, you know, I I think that's kind of revolutionized the position, and I think this, um. Modern middle linebacker you're seen in the NFL today I, I feel like he really was kind of like The original first Like kind of stepping stone into that You know Cause I You know maybe just biased as a Bears fan But I, I don't know of a better Coverage linebacker Before Brian Urlacher But yeah I don't know Maybe maybe I'm a little biased there I know all, all you're rolling your eyes at this point But um Yeah uh, it kind of, kind of ranted, ranted into that one. Um. Anyway, anyway. Uh. Back to the original point. Colts are a good team. Watch out for them Uh. Not, not too afraid of the Patriots quite yet until they beat a real team. Um. Gardner Minshew's fucking legacy just keeps on going on and on. Um. I mean, they beat. Uh, they beat the Bengals. Obviously, that's that's nothing to really get too fucking excited about. But uh, you know, Jaguars are in an interesting position now, and I talked about this a little bit last week. Um, what do you what do you do at quarterback when Nick Foles gets healthy? Are you really that are you are you fully prepared to take Gardner out? You know, kind of with the momentum he's built with the team. Even like I guarantee, inside that locker room, it's about a thousand times better than it would have been. Had they been losing, and the Jalen Ramsey trade happened, which yeah, you know, guys, hey, that Jalen Ramsey trade happened. Holy shit! What the Rams are completely mortgaging their future, but I not what I want to get into right now. Um, Gardner, I feel like he just really kept that locker room up, and I think uh, you know the emergence of Fournette has really helped that as well. Because dude, Leonard Fournette, I don't know if any of you guys have been paying attention to him in fantasy or anything like that. That man has been fucking going off lately and when you have that in your backfield you know I think that might be one of the big things that does lead to maybe them going back to Nick Foles I mean that you know the you know, the bags of money they threw at him in this offseason but um, you know to have a running back like that in your backfield even with a young quarterback especially with a young quarterback that is just it's so insanely valuable like you, you really just you can't emphasize enough how big that is cuz when you have a solid running game and every every NFL every NFL team out there right now you know that's successful runs the ball and they run the ball very well and that's one thing the Jaguars are doing right now is running the ball very well and that is actually an extension of Gardner Minshew as well as he is actually a fairly fairly mobile quarterback you know Gardner does a little bit of everything you want him to do as a quarterback and while he's far from a finished product right now he's he's not He's not a guy I think right now in his career at this young. You know, he still has a lot to go in his development. There's a reason why he got drafted, you know, late, you know, or at least later. You know, there's a reason why he wasn't in that upper echelon of quarterbacks in this draft. Um it's because he it's gonna take him a little bit of time to develop, but if you're sitting and you're looking at the Jaguars season right now and you're looking at the talent, you know, maybe some of the aging talent that's around him. When do you pull? When do you pull the trigger? When do you pull the trigger and decide this is going to be Gardner's show and that we're going to start developing this guy and that while this next season might not be great, the way he's shown he can play in this rookie year, if we get some p- key pieces around him in the off season, we can really make a run at this. Because you know, I I look at that wide receiver DJ Chark and I I've brought him up every single week on this podcast because man, fantasy wise, I love me some DJ Chark and player wise, love me some DJ Chark. Um, but that dude is like gonna be a stud like a young young stud wide receiver number one and him and Gardner have so much chemistry on that football field like i I whenever I can get a chance to watch them watch a Jaguars game, I, I do because I want to see kind of how this continues to build with these two and every week it, I feel like their their chemistry just keeps getting stronger. like there is something there and it's two young cornerstone pieces on that offense. But back to the point that the Jaguars just handed Nick Foles a lot of money, and <laughs> Nick Foles is about to be returning. You can't. It, it, oh, man, it's just it's such a tough spot to be in. You know, you have this young quarterback just playing out of his mind. You know, for what he is, just playing great has this team you know winning for the most part. I I said at the beginning of the year I didn't think the Jaguars are going to be very good. I thought it was going to be Nick Foles and. Him trying to make it work, you know I, I knew they had a young receiver in DJ Chuck, and I knew they had Marquise Lee and, you know, D.D. D. Westbrook That might have been a decent, you know, combo there But I was really, really worried about the Jalen Ramsey situation Even, even, dude, when, when Jalen Ramsey showed up to training camp in a Brinks truck Like, tell me You didn't at least have, like, a little bit of thought in your mind That well, this can all go to hell really quick And sure enough, it did you know um a back you know, obviously, Jalen's back hurt from carrying the Jaguar's defense for so long that he had to sit out a couple weeks and you know had to really consider his career with his back and um, you know, thank God that they got him sent out to LA and he got obviously see saw the doctors that he needed, um, probably smoked some medicinal marijuana and his his back is just great. so I just I just want to say a quick shout out to modern medicine and just the miracle of life. That we that that Jalen Ramsey's back is now fully healthy, and that he is playing at a high level once again, and that he is happy, and that he is definitely not leaving golden Tate's pregnant sister okay that that's not happening what is happening is Jalen Ramsey's back is healthy, damn it, and that's that is that's what the real issue is here anyway. Before I go way too long into another uh, monorail, so to say, monorail, man, I can't even talk right now. Um, Before I, before I just rant on into another bullshit, you know, haiku, I guess I should say. Um, If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I go to Gardner Minshew. I explain to him that you're the, you know, what we've decided that you're the future. You are the gonna be the quarterback of this team. You're probably gonna be the starting quarterback of this team next year. Unfortunately, we did just pay Nick all this money. We'd never like, you know we never like giving a spot up due to injury. You know, he did he earned every bit of, you know, being the starting quarterback coming into this year. Um so while we might be sitting you for a little bit, we're gonna see how he does. He's gonna be on a fairly short leash, mind you. Um, but best case scenario, Nick's gonna come in. He's gonna play well. You know, try to do everything you can to support this guy. Make sure they try to play well. And then going into the off season, we're gonna look to move his contract. We're gonna look to move him. You know, there's gonna be teams out there needy for a quarterback. Tampa's probably gonna be needy for a quarterback. And you know, who knows? Bruce Arians, you know, Bruce Arians won with Carson Palmer. I'm guaranteeing he could win with Nick Foles is um, probably going to be looking for a quarterback. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams out there, you know, that are going to be at least kicking the tires, you know. And if uh, if Trubisky has a, another, you know, if he continues to kind of have a down year, I, I would I, – You know what? I'm just not going to get into that. Okay, that's that's going to be a conversation for a different day. Um, I'm going to wait until the end of the year before we start having that conversation. But um, yeah, there's going to be teams that are going to be looking at Nick Foles. There's already teams that are looking at Nick Foles, even though he's not going to be able to. I don't think he's going to clear. Um, he's going to clear IR t- uh, by Monday or Tuesday next Tuesday, which is going or this coming up Tuesday, I should say, uh, because that's going to be the trade deadline. Um. But that's what I would tell Gardner. I would tell Gardner, like, dude, you are our future. We really don't want to take you out right now, but we have to see what we have in Nick. Um, if Nick can pull off some magic like he did in Philly, you know, lead us to the playoffs, you know, that's that's just making his trade value that much more valuable. You know, who knows? Maybe Carson Wentz fly, like, falls off a fucking cliff this upcoming year and the Eagles are needy for another quarterback. You know, I, I don't think that's going to happen considering the Eagles – for one reason or another decided that this was a good time to pay Carson Wentz more than God. But, you know, <laughs> you never know. The NFL is fucking crazy, man. NFL is real crazy. You know, quarterbacks don't grow on trees, you know, the same way. Like as John Gruden would say, pass rushers don't grow on trees. It's the same thing with quarterbacks. Um, but anyway, you know, moving on there. um, my boy Gardner, he's going to be the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also a fan of Nick Foles. Hope he succeeds. Um, it's going to be an interesting situation to keep an eye on. Um, moving on. <sighs> okay, so, all right, I, I have to bring this up because it was just too fucking funny not to because the first thing I thought in my head was this is the most fucking most Miami Dolphins thing I've ever seen. Did anybody, like, I hope, like, you guys caught what happened in that Bills Dolphins game this last weekend? It, you know, and it's easy to see Bills Dolphins on maybe the guide or on your Sunday ticket and think, yeah, there's not a chance I'm trying to watch that game today. And that's totally fine. You know, that's, I don't think that's a game a lot of people were going to watch outside of Buffalo or Miami. But Miami, they they finally. Finally, make a game of one like they finally make a game of it. They finally are playing a division division team. They're playing them tight. They're making the bills really work for this one. It is twenty eight twenty one. It's the bills are up. Dolphins just scored a touchdown. There's like a minute minute forty seven left. I think I think is what it is. I don't have the video in front of me, but I just I I have it to memory already because I've I had to watch it so many fucking times. And they try an onside kick. Which um, note. The Bears got the first successful onside kick this year. It happened in garbage time, but damn it, I'll take it because there's not a whole lot more I could take out of that Saints-Bears game. I ain't even going to fucking talk about it. Um, But this Bills-Dolphins game, man. So it's 28-21, about one forty-seven on the clock. Dolphins are trying an onside kick. As they're trying that onside kick, Micah Hyde jumps like 10 feet in the air, grabs this football, and returns it for a touchdown like, dude, dude, that's, oh, that's so fucking savage, it was like, and it's like the most Dolphins thing ever, like, can you imagine being a Miami Dolphins fan, just seeing, like, watching that go down, I mean, the fact that you've already put yourself through this much of the season as it is, and you're like, yes, you know, we're finally, finally, we're gonna fucking get close to winning a game, we have a chance here, and you watch Mike Hyde grab that fucking return. And just rub his nutsack all over your entire franchise, like, dude, it was, it would suck as a Dolphins fan, but it was just outstanding to watch. And I remember watching the replay, and I'm like, that's the most Dolphin, that's the most Miami Dolphins, I think, thing I, I've I've seen all year, all year. You know, even even when Baltimore came and beat the piss out of them, you know. It, it, Every blowout that they've like suffered this year, this one's got to hurt the most. The fact that they were that close, and boom, Micah Hyde. <laughs> That's a tough one. That that just that tests you, you know. Like watching my Bears get their ass kicked this past weekend, that tested me. Yeah, I didn't turn the game off, but let me tell you, for the first time in a long time, I was highly tempted to, and you know then then i started thinking about what it might be to be a dolphins fan right now and it's like you know what maybe 3 and 3 ain't so bad <laughs> uh speaking of the chicago bears i'm not going to talk about that saints game because to be blunt all week i've been arguing with my own fan base like fucking knuckle and bone with all these motherfuckers about how we felt about this game because you know what I hated this game. I hated every bit of it. I had the worst feeling in the pit of my stomach the entire time watching it. I was angry. I snapped a couple times, and I usually keep my cool. Like I'll I'll yell during a football game, but I usually keep my cool for the most part, fairly well. I snapped at a couple points in this football game. Um, part of it, part of it was you know being a guy that's played football, you know, and took you know put a lot into it, and who's followed football a lot since, mind you, and watches film every single week. Um there was just some things I was seeing in this game, you know, as it was happening live, that were just making me see red because it was just, it was a winnable game. It really was. I I think the Bears just sh- continually shot themselves in the foot. But that all being said, I really like how they've responded this week. I like I like that fucking Mitch went up to the podium and he was just not having any of the fucking media. Like I I love seeing that guy pissed. It tells me that he's gonna go fucking. When Mitch plays angry, and I've seen this guy play angry a couple times. When he plays angry, that fucker shows up. He shows up when he has something on something to prove to somebody. He shows up. So I mean, pre- prepare for that, guys. As you will, if you you know, if you're laughing at me, that's fine. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, game on. You know how it is. This guy, he gets a little bit of a challenge. He gets some adversity in his face. The guy responds. And you know, as as much as I can complain about Matt Nagy and his play calling, I like that he's not taking shit from the media too. He made a very big statement and said that he is not going to let allow outside sources, you know, tear up this team. That nothing that any of these media guys say that's that's not gonna affect affect his team because his team is is made up of too many strong willed and strong minded motherfuckers. And I love that. I fucking love it, you know. I I am being a homer right now, but I eat that shit up. And you know what? Me and my boy Caleb gonna be at that fucking Bears game on Sunday. We're going down early. We're gonna fucking tailgate. Got some awesome tickets. Got got some awesome seats. Got you know great uh, great fucking price on them. They're below face. I'm I'm so fucking stoked, you know. And and it's not that it's a Bears game. It's that I think. The Bears versus a two and five Chargers is the exact team we need to see right now to get this get the ball going. I think, you know, ha- making a good court, you know, playing a good quarterback at Phil Rivers, having that defense have a fucking day against them, and having the offense, you know, go at a battered cha- uh, Chargers defense. That's that's everything the Bears need right now. So yeah, going to be down there Sunday. Super fucking stoked about it. Um you know, honestly, win or loss, man. I just, I love going down to Soldier Field. It's always a great time. I love being in the city of Chicago. Um, it just, it feels like home down there. Um, always have a great time talking with fans, you know, whether we agree or disagree. Um, just always an awesome atmosphere. I can't wait. It's going to be my first time to hit, like, officially tailgating down there. Um, I'm going to, you know, end up getting some parking, uh, probably, probably in the McCormick lot. So, uh, yeah, I'm real excited about it. Um, but some cool matchups coming up in the, or, uh, some good matchups coming up in the NFL this upcoming week. Um, I gotta say, I like, I like the Eagles and Bills game. I think, uh, I think, you know, the Bills, the Bills are a pretty damn good football team so far this year. And I think this Eagles and Bills game is a good opportunity for, uh, Josh Allen to kind of really cement a little bit of something, you know, really, really show something here. Um, against, uh you know, a weak Eagle secondary, to be frank. Um, I also, you know, and this is going to sound a little wild, I kind of like that Cardinals and Saints game as well. You know, Kyler Murray, you know, has played fairly well so far, you know, for being a rookie and for being in such a experimental NFL system, to be honest, like the air raid offense in the NFL, that's, that's not something that's normal. And he is just, he's had a really, really good year so far. Not like great by any stretch, but for a rookie, um, a 5'10 rookie, mind you, uh, who really focuses a lot on his feet, he is throwing some dimes out there. He's looked like a number one overall pick. And, you know, I I didn't totally agree with the pick, but I think it's working out really well for the Cardinals right now. And the Saints are fucking, they're red hot. You know, it doesn't matter really if Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Brees is in there. That defense is going to test you. And, you know, their offense, they're going to get Kamara back this week. They're going to have Latavius Murray as well in the backfield. You know, they have Michael Thomas. And they have, I think, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. I think Um, Ryan Remchek over on the right tackle is probably a top three right tackle for me. Maybe even top two. I think he's right there with, like, Elaine Johnson. Um, You know, because he run blocks and he pass blocks very well. You know, and then you got um, Armstead over on the left side. Very, 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 very good pass blocking left tackle. He's been been one for a long time in this league so far. He's got a he's a proven commodity. This Saints team is very good, and I'm not just saying that because they beat my Bears last Sunday. They're a very, very good football team, and it's somebody that really the NFC really needs to keep an eye on. But I think. The Cardinals are a really intriguing matchup for them, and I think their air raid offense is going to be a great test for that defense. And their defense is really good, but losing Eli Apple in that Bears game is going to be very big, and I kind of want to see how they respond from it. And uh, I don't think they're going to have their cornerback, P.J. Williams, for another week for uh, due to suspension. Um, Panthers and 49ers as well I think is going to be a pretty good game. Um panthers have announced that they're gonna stick with kyle allen moving forward which is kind of making the whole cam newton trade rumors really cir- you know circle around i don't think th- i don't think the panthers are going to trade cam at the deadline i think they're really going to try to play it out this year they're going to see what kyle kyle allen does because while kyle allen is obviously the hot hand i think cam kind of feels like at this point that it's more or less and I I almost feel like this is how Ron Rivera feels. It's more or less it's like he probably went to Kim, he's like, listen, this kid's a hot hand. We're gonna stick with him. We want you to be hundred percent healthy when you get back anyway. And um, if this kid plays out of his mind, you know, then we'll have that discussion then. But as far as right now, you are still our planet quarterback. You know, at least that's what I'm telling Cam. I'm not trying I'm not lying I'm not necessarily lying to him, but I'm not, you know, committing myself to saying like you are our long term answer. Um I think uh I think it's just I think it's going to be a really good game and I think it's a really intriguing storyline. Um Kyle Allen played some good college football and he's played some good NFL football so far. And he's shown that he could possibly be a good starter in the league. There's just so many co- like starting quarterbacks just basically coming out of nowhere like in this league. That's what makes the, like the NFL draft such a crapshoot is you see Gardner Minshew and you see Kyle Allen's and you see you just see random quarterbacks just kind of pop out of nowhere, and uh, really show that they they very well could belong. So, um, I think the Panthers are an intriguing matchup for the 49ers, and you know I think I think it's a good test for them. You know, Jimmy G had a real stinker against the Niners last week. You know, the Niners did end up winning, and obviously, I think the field and the weather maybe had a you know obviously had a little bit to do with it. But I haven't seen, like, a breakout game out of Jimmy G yet. And I feel like he is, like, the one the one kind of question mark on that 49ers team. And it's why I think a lot of people are still not totally ready to be, like, the 49ers or Super Bowl contenders because we just don't quite know what we're going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo, who, mind you, is getting paid top quarterback money right now, who should be doing far more, but um, has yet to have that really – great game this season. Um but the Forty 49ers defense is they are suffocating and that's I think that's going to be a good test for Kyle Allen and you know obviously uh, how I haven't brought him up yet, you know, that Christian McCaffrey guy. I think that I think that Christian McCaffrey guy is going to be a good test for that 49ers defense and not the other way around. I uh, that very well could be one of the best games this weekend. Um, it's a three Oh five. So ch- you know, you'll be able to watch it. You know, Packer fans, you don't have the game until seven o'clock, but you know, definitely that's, that's one to watch. And you know, another, the other two, three o'clock games honestly intrigued me too. I think the Raiders and Texans has a very good chance of being a good game. Um, the Raiders were close in that Packers game until that touchback by Derek Carr, which dude, Holy shit, two years in a row. That's rough. Um, but he, uh, he played. He played really well up to that point, and I still, I still feel like Derek is a really good quarterback. Um, and the Texans, they're they're just they're a weird team. You know, one week they look really good, the next they, meh. Nah, you know, um, but I think they, uh, I, I think the Raiders and Texans had a chance to be a really good game. Like I, I'm at least gonna flick, you know, flip back and forth to, uh, uh, with it, at least after you know the Bears game is over you know, the one that I'm going to be at, you know, whoop whoop. <laughs> I know, um, and then, uh, Browns and the Patriots, you know, first fairly decent test, I think for the Patriots, um, I think the defense is going to eat Baker Mayfield alive personally, but, um, you know, and you have Odell Beckham talking about how he would love to play. He would have loved to play with Tom Brady and uh, man, Cleveland, 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 Cleveland. Um, although if Cleveland was going to show that they have any life this would be the game to do it um, even if they didn't beat the patriots if they made this close um i think that's what makes this matchup intriguing um is the browns have essentially nothing to lose at this point and the patriots have everything to lose if they lose to the browns cuz it's going to be the narrative is immediately going to go we'll look what the, you know we'll look what the patriots do against a fairly decent team so, yeah, that one can be a pretty good one. And then of course the Sunday night game, um Packers and Chiefs, Packers going in Arrowhead. Um Patrick Mahomes they they're saying hasn't been cle- hasn't been officially placed out, but there's zero chance that Patrick Mahomes plays in this game. I'm gonna, I'll just say it one more time. There's zero chance Patrick Mahomes plays in this football game. Um I think the Packers going into a tough environment end up leaving with a win, unfortunately. <laughs> um I, but I think it'll still be a pretty good game. I think Matt Moore will be very serviceable, you know, for a Packers defense that has been pretty pretty hot and cold. I guess I think that's fair. Pretty hot and cold so far this year. Um, the Chiefs have a fairly decent offensive line too. Um, so if they can, you know, kind of avoid sacks as much as humanly possible, I think they they I think they could very well stand a chance in the football game. But probably gonna go to the Packers. It will be a pretty good pretty good watch though. And then the Monday night game. Oh my gosh, guys, you got to be prepared for this. The Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh man, fucking Marino Bowl. This is going to be a great one. Let me tell you, I'm I'm going to probably call in to work on that Monday just so I can watch the Dolphins and Steelers play. Straight up, man. Best best game. Might be the best might be a game of the year. All right, now all that aside, let's talk some uh Let's talk about the college football rankings as they stand right now Um, because, you know, it's very unfortunate to be a Wisconsin Badger fan right now. You know, let me fucking tell you because we have probably the biggest game of the season. Well, it was the biggest game of the season coming up with a number three Ohio State on the road, and uh, we decided uh, we're going to look ahead to that, and we're not going to handle business at hand, and we're going to lose to Illinois. So... Wisconsin Badgers unfortunately drop 7 spots in the uh in the AP top 25 um which should be no no surprise to anybody um god it just it it, it almost makes me think that because Wisconsin lost to Illinois that they're going to beat Ohio State just because it's so fucking unlikely that we're going to make the playoffs now when we have Penn State 7 and 0 we have Oklahoma 7 and 0, we have Clemson 7 and 0, we have Ohio you know Ohio State, obviously if we were to beat them it would be 7 and 1. you have LSU 7 and 0 and you have Alabama 7 and 0. Where the fuck would we fit in that? And then you have Florida hovering around 7 7 and 1. And then you got no what your name hovering around at 5 and 1. And then you got Auburn hovering around at 6 and 1. So even if Auburn were to pull off the upset and beat LSU this weekend, they would both be 7 and 1 there is just not a path i am currently seeing that bodes well for the badgers somehow making it even if we were to win out there is just there's too, it's not impossible college football is college football and when i say that i mean college football is fucking insane and it's very hard to predict but i there's just too much that needs to go right for the wisconsin badgers for this to work out there are too many teams that you know too many of the sexy teams that are up there like, like I said, the Notre Dames, the Georgia even, you know, because people are considering the Georgia loss a lot less be- – like a lot better than the Wisconsin loss because, simply put, you know, that's what, ki- that's what kills me about the loss. It's not the fact that Wisconsin lost. If Wisconsin would have lost to Ohio State this upcoming week, they're still hovering. They're still kind of in that conversation because if they can fucking win out and – uh win their portion of the Big Ten, then there's still there's still a chance they could go into that Big Ten championship game, win that, and then, you know, go on to have a chance to be right there. But with that loss to an Illinois team who I believe was two and four coming into that football game, there's just there's there's just there's not a chance in hell. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna say it. Probably one of the worst losses in college football right now. Um especially you know, a strong defense that I honestly played strong all day. Um, I think they held Illinois, Illinois' quarterback to like 9 of 21. It just happened to be two long touchdowns that killed us. And then when you add that to the fact that once it hit about, you know, once it hit the fourth quarter, team was completely flat. The team was completely aware that this is a very losable game right now, that if we don't pick it up, that it's very well going to happen. And, um... We all saw what happened. Uh, Jack Cohn threw a very timely interception. Um, Illinois burned down the clock. They kicked a very, very clutch field goal, and Lovey Lovey Smith got his first like, like, big win as Illinois' head coach. And you know, part of me is happy for Lovey, but part of me is insanely angry that Wisconsin allowed Illinois to even be in that game. We, we were thirty-three point favorites. In that football game, and the Badgers decided we're gonna look ahead to this Ohio State game. We're so prepared for this. We're not gonna prepare for Illinois. We're gonna take that as just some off week. We're gonna take fucking Illinois as uh, you know a- as a nobody. Well, you know what? The Illini are who we thought they were. You want to crown them? Then crown their ass. But the Illini, Illini, are who they thought, who are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Simple as that. Quoting old Denny Green. Because that was some fucking bullshit. Man. So, yeah, you know, the, the, way, uh, the way the top 25 is looking right now, you got Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. Alabama and LSU do have to play each other. Um, simply put, Alabama would have to lose twice for us to really stand a chance. Um, if LSU were to lose to Auburn and we were to win out, uh, we would need to root for Auburn against LSU because if LSU is seven and two and the Badgers are uh, seven or what eight and one, then maybe that's a little bit of a different conversation, especially if we beat Ohio State. But then you know Oklahoma is going to hover right there. Then Penn State's going to hover right there if they continue if they end up winning out. But I mean, we would have a chance to end up playing Penn State, which actually, if Penn State were to move up, we would actually bode well. So it's not impossible. It's not impossible. The Badgers are not completely done, but let it's just there are so many things that have to go right, and if LSU wins this weekend, that kind of that kind of seals it. And I have a hard time betting against LSU. I think it's an intriguing matchup, LSU and Auburn, and I think if if I was a betting man, I'd probably put some money on L, on Auburn considering their like they're favored to lose by like 11 and a half points. I would almost put money on that. Just, you know, low risk, high reward. Cause Auburn is a pretty good football team, you know, and there's a reason why they're number nine in the nation, but I just, I, the, the offense that LSU is running right now, I just don't see a lot of teams being able to prepare for. Um, so yeah, bleak, bleak vision for the Badgers right now, but it is not totally over. Still love my Madison team, but it's just it's tough right now. All right, so I'm gonna finish out. I'm gonna talk some of my first NBA action of of the year. Uh, kind of wanted to, I wanted to wait until you know regular season really opened up, especially with how crazy the first few weeks of football season were. You know, with professional and college, I really wanted to make sure that stuff was covered before I started jumping into basketball. But I mean, hell, dude, it has been quite the uh, opening opening week for uh, for the NBA, man. Um. The Clippers came out uh, without Paul George, mind you, and uh, beat the Lakers on opening night in what is just such a huge win for the Clippers to really start getting respect in L.A. You know, because that was, that was my thought the entire time. It was technically a quote-unquote home game for the Clippers in the arena that they share with the Lakers, and um, it couldn't have been more of a Lakers crowd. Like, they were all about the Lakers – you know, anytime LeBron James had the ball, they were freaking the fuck out. Anytime, like, when LeBron dunked, even when they were down by, like, 10 points, the entire crowd erupted. And throughout the game, the the Clippers showed kind of what they were last year before they even had stars, that they are a gritty team that has a great bench, that has, you know, a lot of, a lot of talent that isn't maybe superstar talent, but a lot of talent that belongs in an NBA court, like, Lou Williams scores points in bunches off the bench, you know, and they, they, there's just so many, there's just so many pieces there, you know. Patrick Beverly, he's he's an agitator on on the defensive side of the ball, and to have him in the starting lineup with a Kawhi Leonard and when Paul George gets back, Clippers might be one of the best defensive teams in basketball when they're fully healthy. Um, and honestly, you know. It was Clippers one twelve, Lakers one oh two. This game honestly isn't close if Danny Green doesn't just absolutely go off for twenty eight. Um really isn't. You know, LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for two points in the fourth quarter. That simply can't happen. Um Anthony Davis did have a very good game, but it just you can't have your two best players just not be there in the fourth. You know, and Kawhi goes off for thirty, you know, while playing great defense. He's just hitting mid range shots from everywhere. Like the guy just is unguardable. I I I'm just gonna say what I've been saying since last year. I think Kawhi Leonard, right now as it stands, is the most complete basketball player in in the entire league, maybe in the entire world. You know, I think Giannis is right there, but I think Giannis' three point shooting is the only thing really holding him back. But I think overall, Kawhi Leonard, as it stands, best best all around player in the league. And you're just you're not gonna be able to convince me otherwise. Um, maybe he doesn't. You know, maybe not a facilitator, but he doesn't need to be a facilitator. He doesn't. He does. He demands so much attention, and he does so much with what he has, and he plays such such great defense. Probably, probably one of the best on-ball defenders, if not the best on-ball defender in the league. Like it, there are a lot of people surprised about this outcome. Kawhi Leonard's that good, and he proved it last season. He proved that. Those years with the Spurs weren't he wasn't getting carried. He proved that he was a large part of why those Spurs teams won rings. And he just proved that he was he's one of the greatest players in the league. As it stands right now. Um not really a whole lot I gotta go there. Um I think a lot of people overreacting about the Lakers that this is just gonna be the story of the season. I think that's a little far fetched. I think there's a lot of basketball that needs to be played. Um but you know, LA fans are fickle. Although I I guarantee at least a quarter of the Laker fans, well they were Laker fans when they showed up at that game. I bet you they left and they were Clippers fans. That's just how L.A. is. Like like look at the Rams the second they start losing, it's it's the same it's the same thing. They jump right off. Um, the Timberwolves ended up beating the Nets. Um, Kyrie Irving goes off for fifty points in this game. And they still find a way to lose. Um, dude, Kyrie almost pulled off this like NBA street style, like crossover, fall over, pick up, and mid range shot for the win, and he missed it. You know because how that how like however the hell he got the shot up in the first place is honestly incredible. But if had he made that shot, that probably would have been one of the best shots I've ever seen in my life. Because like if you haven't seen it yet, look up Kyrie Irving versus the Timberwolves. And click on the first one you see, you know the first like short clip you see, because it's gonna be him tumbling all over this damn ball just to get back up and end up shooting it, almost fucking making it to win the game. It was just, it was something else. It was it was awesome to see. Um, uh, my Bulls they ended up they ended up losing to the Hornets by a point. Um, Zach Levine really had an off game. Um, really liked what I saw to Kobe White though. I think he had a uh, 17 off the board or off the bench, and that he's really going to be a bench piece this year until he kind of becomes a little bit more of a facilitator with the ball, which it takes a lot of young point guards' time. Um, and then Laurie, Lori, Lori Markkinen, my boy Laurie, 35 points, 17 rebounds. You know, I know it's a losing effort, and I know it sucks, you know, and obviously Laurie's not gonna be too focused on how many points he scored, how many rebounds he got because of, you know, the loss that he took. But this guy put on like fifteen pounds during the summer. He looks as big as he's ever been, he's done nothing but, you know, gradually gain muscle since he's joined the league. And this guy is an absolute terror. Everywhere to try to stop scoring, he could shoot the three, he'd shoot in the post, he could go inside, he could shoot mid range, he could shoot, you know, he could shoot fadeaways, he does them all the time. He's turning into a pretty damn good defender, turning into a really good rebounder. This guy is about to start going off, and let me tell you, he is going to be the best player on the Bulls all season and probably for the next 10 years. Simply put. And that's my oh, my freaking alarm. I swear it goes off so much. I'm sorry. I'm not going to have time to edit that out, but I have like 20 alarms set because I sleep like a rock. Um, Then, you know, some other games, the Jazz beat the Thunder by five. Nuggets beat the Trailblazers by eight. That was actually a pretty pretty relevant one. Um, you know, I am a big fan of Dame Lillard, but, you know, with how much trash he continues to talk and including taking shots at Shaq in the offseason for some reason. Like he's making it harder and harder to root for him. You know, he, he really is. Like I love confidence in a guy, but you know, bro, you had one good playoff run. What are you gonna do now? Are you gonna are you gonna keep talking or are you gonna play some basketball? Because you can't be losing the nuggets. You know, if if we're gonna start if we're gonna start taking the Trailblazers seriously, and I've been one of the biggest fucking Trailblazers believers like in the last few years. I picked them two years ago to fucking beat the Warriors in the first round. Obviously, that didn't happen, but they they have the talent. The talent's there. Dame Lillard is top five point guard, you know, right now in the league, in my opinion. Um, you got to beat the Nuggets. You gotta. You gotta. You know. I know it's week one, or it's uh, game one, week one. This is in football. Uh, I know it's game one, but that's that's a statement game. You know, that's a big game. You need to really jump into head first. But, uh obviously they take the loss by eight points. Uh, Jokic has a huge game for, uh, Denver and that's Denver's young, young team. And this, this year and next is really going to be a year where they step forward and really assert themselves in the Western conference. Um, and then in other news, uh, Bucks beat the Rockets. Bucks actually made a miraculous comeback in this game to end up beating the Rockets. um, Russell Westbrook had a you know, a pretty pretty great game, in his Rockets debut. James Harden he had an alright game. He really was getting most of his stuff from the line because that's how James Harden plays. Which I don't understand. James is so much more talented of a player to really depend on the free throw lines as he does. Um, but that it feels like that's like the first thing he goes to anymore. And it's just it's really disappointing. And then probably the one that everyone is talking about today, the Clippers. Beat, with a second insanely impressive victory in the Western Conference, beating the Warriors 141-122. to 122. Don't let that final score fool you. This game wasn't close at all at any point. This, this is the Warriors team that just lost Kevin Durant, and they might not have Klay Thompson for a majority of the season. That's what this is. D'Angelo Russell might end up being a pretty good piece for him, but it's going to take a little time for him to get his feet under him and get you know entwined with the entwined with the system that Steve Kerr runs. Because Steve Kerr does run a fairly complicated system. You know, it's a it's a very good system, but it takes a minute to get into. Um, tough loss, man. Clippers look really scary, and this is all without Paul George yet. What 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 are they going to do when they have Paul George? Dude this might be wreaking havoc on the rest of the league. And honestly after watching LeBron team's wreak havoc on the league for like the past 10 years, I'm cool seeing another team do it and especially a team that's not the Warriors. But yeah, big one. Big loss. Uh I I'm honestly glad basketball's back. It's a uh, it's just it's good. It's good to jump back into it. I love this I love the sport of basketball. I love playing basketball. I love watching basketball. It's a very just it always keeps you on the edge of your feet, and there's just nothing funner than going to a basketball game, you know, because it's just – there's always so much damn energy in the building, especially in a tight game, and there was just a lot of tight games over the – you know, over this week so far, and I hope it just continues, and I'm just excited to have basketball back. Um, by the way, guys, I'm not completely just, you know, glancing over the World Series and everything that's happening with that – Um if you if you have me on Facebook, I am definitely covering you know stuff that's happened in the World Series. I've been watching most of the games in the playoffs. I just I really want to start baseball fresh when I started on here. I want to probably start into it, you know, in the off season a little bit, and then going into spring training more. Um, just because I don't I don't like jumping in sports just kind of in the middle of it you know, and talking about it on the pod. I kinda had the I kinda had this problem with my last podcast where I didn't want to jump into a sport as it was the middle of the season, you know. Um I want my takes to be fresh. I wanted to jump into it. Um just know that I am rooting for the Nationals and that I hope that Bryce Harper is punching a lot of air right now as I assume that he is. But it's just I I think I'm just gonna sit back and watch this one, and then once we see you know the winner and all the feedback of how everything happens, you know, and then once we get into the off season, I think I'm gonna start talking about it a lot more because I do have a lot of Brewers takes, I have a lot of White Sox takes, I have a lot of just baseball in general takes. Um, after this last year, including a lot of the big contracts they're handed out last year and how not a lot of them turned out well. So. You know, I'm not ignoring baseball. I very much love baseball. I mean, I have MLB.TV. I've been watching most all the playoff games that I can. Uh, I've been following all of them. Uh, It's just something I just don't want to jump into right at the end. You know what I mean? So, don't worry. There's going to be a lot of baseball coverage coming up. Um, Enjoy the World Series, guys. You guys don't need my opinion on what's happening right now. You can see it with your eyes. Um, Two great teams playing very well against each other. I mean, unless you're the houston astros in game two and then you just you know completely fall apart but anyway that's all i've got this week guys uh i appreciate you guys being patient with me um it's been it's been a test with this damn laptop that i have right now um i'm working towards getting a tower um that's probably going to be within the next few months but you know just try to be patient with me guys i'm going to get this podcast out every single week um the days might vary a little bit comparing, you know, with how my laptop wants to work with me or not. Um, but I I love I love what I'm doing. I'm going to continue doing it. It's nothing like that. Um, for sure this show will continue on. We will continue on into the sun. Um, also guys, I'm probably going to be dropping my Patreon next week. Um, I I don't expect to get a lot of, you know, lot of heat on it right away but if you are interested in supporting me and supporting what i do and supporting the show and you know and even helping me kind of get towards my goal of getting that tower or getting new equipment fairly you know fairly sooner then i would highly recommend you know supporting me at patreon none of that money that i make on patreon will go towards you know fucking me going and buying groceries or me going you know living it up down in you know up in Milwaukee or Chicago or LA for a de- for a couple nights. It's going to go towards the show. It's going to go towards advertising. It's going to go towards, you know, equipment. I actually I actually just bought a, a new printer. Um that's, you know, I I bought two brand new mics. You know, it's it's all money coming out of my own pocket and I'm not complaining about that whatsoever. You know, I just want you guys to know that I put a t- I put a ton of money into this cuz I really wanted to uh, succeed. I put a lot of money in advertising everything like that. So if you are interested in supporting me, that will help tremendously. Even if it's a dollar a month, you know, it just one, you know, every little thing counts. So all right, I appreciate you guys. Um hoping to be doing some cameo appearances on uh on some of the other pods in the network here fairly soon. I'm going to hang out with the boys down uh, tomorrow night. And uh, hopefully get some drunken recordings in. You know, have a good-ass time. And then Sunday morning I'm heading down to Chicago for the Bears game. Totally it. But till I see you guys, go win this week. It's been what we won this week. Have a great weekend.